0: to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Each episode, we'll bring on some experts, talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Kelly Whalen, a marketing professional and association enthusiast, and I'm so happy you're here. And now let's start the show. Welcome back to the Member Engagement Show. I'm excited to have my colleague Sarah Spinoza back on the show today. Sarah is HireLogic's Product Marketing Manager, and she has over 15 years of experience in marketing, particularly with associations. She's one of my go to peers when brainstorming about association strategies. Um, She's a member of ASAE's Marketing Advisory Council. She sat on the 2023 ASAE MMCC Program Advisory Council, and she's also acted as an ASAE Gold Circle Award judge. So I really like picking Sarah's brain about stuff and brainstorming together. Today, Sarah is joining us to talk about member-generated content, Um, and in fact, she's giving us a bit of a sneak preview of the sessions she's presenting at ASAE Annual in August in Atlanta. So I'm looking forward to chatting with you today, Sarah, about how powerful member-generated content can be for associations saving their staff time. Uh, Do you want to start out and share a little bit about yourself for listeners who haven't heard from you before? Sure.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Kelly, for having me. So um, the majority of my 15 plus years in marketing have been spent in the association space, either at an association or in this position, serving associations. Um, As you mentioned, I'm heavily involved with ASAE and really excited to be presenting at the annual meeting next month.
0: So let's jump into member-generated content. Um, What is it and why is it important?
1: Yeah. So member-generated content is really anything that your members are creating and giving or sharing with your audience. So you can think of it like user-generated content, like in the commercial space, a retail store would tend to have like an influencer maybe, whereas associations have their members. So it's anything that members create. It can be articles, blog posts, videos, podcasts. Um, it could be educational sessions at conferences too.
0: I feel like it's great being able to leverage your members for content. They're the ones, you know, working in the industry that you serve. So a lot of times they have insights and expertise that their fellow members are really happy to leverage and learn from. So definitely a really powerful type of content to incorporate into your content strategy. Sarah, can you maybe explore that a little further and expand on kind of why member-generated content is really important and some of the ways that it helps associations?
1: As you mentioned, I mean, many association professionals don't come necessarily from that industry, right? So the member-generated content is really going to be your North Star. It's going to tell you what's important to your members now. Um, And then ultimately, you can use that kind of as guidance as to how you can better serve your members. What additional products can be introduced to the market? What additional resources do they need? That kind of thing.
0: My former association was in research ethics, which I will admit I did not have any experience with. So when I was doing marketing uh, or working with the membership department to serve that association, you're exactly right in saying like, we really relied on the expertise that our members had both to like actually generate content to help us learn about what we needed to share with the members. And it was really a guiding point for us in being able to have content that resonated with the rest of our members. So like, for example, I think one of our most successful member generated content programs was our blog squad. We would offer free conference registration for members who they applied and then the top applicants could be chosen to serve on the blog squad. Um, We usually had four or five folks who would again, come to the conference free of charge in exchange for writing blog posts about the content that they were learning at the conference. And that generated honestly a huge portion of our blog content throughout the year, because these were our members who they wanted to go to the conference, they wanted to learn from their peers, and then they would kind of summarize what they learned or explore what they learned or talk about how what they learned at our conference was going to help them in their jobs. And then they both kind of created this engagement funnel for people who went to the conference, but also people who didn't go to the conference, because not all of our members could go To the conference. Um, So they would get to hear little snippets about what was so great about the sessions that we were offering from their peers instead of like from me, the marketing person. And those posts were both really valuable, I think, for the folks reading them, but also for the people, the members that were contributing. They were getting an opportunity to serve their field, to engage with the field and stand out in their careers. And so that was, like I said, a really, really helpful program. And honestly, like, I think I started to say this before, but like saved me so much time. Like if I'd had to write all those blog posts myself, or if we'd had to do those in-house, like we could not have churned out the amount of content that we were able to do because we had member generated content. Do you have like other examples that you've seen either in directly in your working roles or in like just working with other associations? Yeah, and I'll get
1: into a lot of different examples in my session. But one example that I could speak to going back to like the event situation, at my old organization, we would do call for, you know, call for proposals, call for speakers for our our many events that we held annually. Once we launched a community, we were able to kind of step back and look into the community to see what members were talking about and what topics were popular so that we could help kind of form our tracks before we opened up that call for speakers. So at least going into it, it felt a lot more organized and a lot more kind of thought through. Um, So that's just one example of a way that we kind of, in a sense, queried our (laughs) member-generated content that lived in our community.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really great point that you make, Sarah, of like using your community to kind of streamline how you're collecting member generated content or get ideas for the type of content you could collect because that community hopefully is a place where your members are gathering and talking about things that matter to them. And it might, again, just help you generate ideas. What are some of the other ways that you've seen or that you've tried collecting member-generated content, like what are some of the other places that you've seen content maybe naturally spring up or or where you've seen really successful opportunities to collect member-generated content?
1: Outside of a member community or maybe outside of like an annual conference, there's tons of member-generated content in likely the association's magazine or newsletter. Oftentimes, you know, associations will solicit their members to submit articles and insights to those pieces. So oftentimes, those are treasure trove, right? Or like even trainings and certification programs where your members are required to submit a scholarly article or, you know,
0: something to that effect.
1: So there's a lot of different places you can look across the organization, really.
0: Yeah, I feel like sometimes in to my mind, member generated content can kind of bleed into like volunteer opportunities or vice versa. Like you've got kind of any place where members are sharing their experience or sharing their expertise or where they're already engaging, like maybe that's at your conference. Maybe that's like you said, maybe they have to submit something for certification or maybe they're just bringing stuff up in the community and you have this opportunity then to follow up on that and say hey we noticed that you're sharing xyz thing could you share talk, expand on that talk a little bit more about it i know one thing that was sometimes pretty useful in my former organization was that and it was like kind of low pressure for members was that we invited them to share like tools and templates that they were using anyway in their job we invited them to share those in a particular like sub community of our online community so that other members could like use those as well. And like I said, it was a little bit lower pressure than having them submit something really like formal because they felt like, well, I'm just sharing this and you can tell like, it's just from me. It's not like representative of my organization. It's just like, I have an agenda, for example, for meetings. It could be something as small and simple as that where then there's other, their peers in the field are like, oh, wow, that that can save me time. And then you as an organization have these like almost an added member benefit of like, well, you can kind of leverage the experience of your peers and the things that they're doing really well to help help you do your job better. So that was a really I always enjoyed seeing the things that people submitted there because it made me like wish it actually made me wish I was part of an association because there were a lot of things that I had to start from scratch for myself that would have been a lot easier if I could have like borrowed from something that someone before me had done.
1: You know, yeah. And I think to add to that too, like don't discredit your like sponsors and exhibitors and industry partners. They have a lot of content and a lot of thought leadership to share with the organization, with the industry as well. So definitely like don't forget about them as well.
0: Yeah. And they're particularly incentivized in my experience, in my opinion to like share stuff because it makes them it helps them show up as a partner, a valuable partner for your your members who are usually the folks that they're looking to reach and entice to check out their products. Um, and to that kind of point, I think sometimes members might be a little slower to get engaged or a little shy to contribute to your member content collection efforts. So do you have any tips or things that you've done that help you encourage members to get involved, encourage them to recognize that they have expertise to share?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's all about just making it feel like a really like supportive and transparent kind of environment to really encourage that participation. So I think also you want to talk to them about kind of what's in it for them and how they can help contribute to the best for the industry, for the association that they're, you know, a member of and really just make it easy, right? Make it easy to contribute. And if you find yourself needing to, you could also offer incentives. Like you were mentioning the blog squad. So like you offered that free registration to the conference, things like that.
0: Like you said, making sure that you're sharing with them what the benefit is to them. Like if whether that's just increased visibility for them professional recognition, or maybe there's these unique opportunities to network with their peers, that can be great. And I think, at least in my experience, a lot of the folks that get involved with associations, like, sure, they're doing it because they care about their career, but they also care about their field. So I don't think you can overstate, like, the opportunity to, like, contribute to their peers, contribute to the field, make the field better resourced, better educated, and that kind of thing we used to run into a situation where we would have to really remind our members that they had something to contribute at every stage of their career. It was easier to get the folks who'd been in the career, in the field for a long time to contribute things cuz they did feel like they were experts, but we also had like really early career folks who were making huge contributions to their teams or like really revamping processes and stuff at their organization and and those were important perspectives to collect as well. So to your point being transparent and communicative with your member base that you're not just looking for like someone who's got 40 years of experience in the field like you're also looking for that person who just jumped into a new role and had a new process for doing stuff.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean and and so many associations, so many industries are looking for ways to further expand their appeal to like younger generations. So those young professionals definitely have a lot to offer in that sense, right? Sharing what attracted them to that particular profession or industry and sharing that out to the to the network that they might have to continue to help that recruitment effort.
0: That's a great point of like, you know, member generated content in terms of the benef- benefit for the organization, again, being like, You know, if you're soliciting content from earlier career professionals, then they've got, like you said, a network of other early career professionals that then you're reaching through them. Because hopefully, uh, I think another really good part to incorporate in your member generated content program is making sure you highlight it. Like if you've got member generated content and it's really great, talk about it a lot. Tell people that it exists because you're doing two things there. One, you're like, lifting up the people in the field. And number two, you're highlighting this great content that your organization has. And actually a third benefit would be that you're maybe encouraging other people to submit content because they're seeing, oh, well, you know, Kelly Whalen, I saw that she got a shout out on LinkedIn from Higher Logic because she did XYZ thing. She submitted a blog post and I want that. I want to get shouted out on LinkedIn. So then you might look into what opportunities you have to participate in, in providing member generated content. So I think sharing those out, highlighting what your members share is a really great thing to do too.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, from the association perspective, that content can be used to help further drive non-dues revenue. That's, you know, that content, like you were saying, those blog posts that could ultimately drive registration for your next year's conference because your audience that didn't attend this year saw this blog post and realized, wow, this is really valuable information. They really are talking about the most topical and timely things related to this industry. I'm going to have to go next year.
0: I don't think we can overstate either that the value of them hearing that from their peers, like not just hearing it from you and your marketing department saying, this conference is amazing. Like they're hearing from their fellow, like industry professionals that the conference is indispensable. And like, we did get that a lot from the blog squad contributors. They were usually saying like, this was great. Loved this session. Like I can't wait to come next year. And then, um, other members and other non-members were seeing those blog posts and, and recognizing the value of the conference. So a hundred percent, that's like a great value add.
1: And you can use that too. It's not, you know, that's not just exclusive to events that can, you can kind of follow a similar format. And I'll talk about this during the session, but you can kind of follow a similar format for other programs, for other certifications and things like that, that your association offers as well.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Kind of like expanding on a process that works for events to like go beyond that and go into the other programs that you've got. So I feel like we've covered a lot of ground, like a lot of different types of member-generated content. We talked a bit about why member-generated content is helpful, both from a, you know, giving your members topics that are highly relevant to them, but also helping your association reduce the burden on your staff by having uh, members help you build up your content library, if you will. So thinking about putting all of these pieces together and what we've talked about today and without asking you to give away too much of what you're going to talk about during your session at ASAE, can you sort of give us that outline or those broad strokes of a member-generated content program?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, initially, right, it's having a baseline understanding of what member-generated content is. And then after that, exploring what you already have and how you can repurpose it or how you can use it. So that's step number one. Then you also want to explore the ways to get your members involved in submitting more of that content, more of that valuable content, by making it easy and tying it to opportunities for them to demonstrate their expertise and grow in their careers. Then you want to think about how you can best disseminate that member-generated content and spread the word. You can think about using it as a gated, downloadable piece or, or not. Or, you know, you can think about how you can best act on that content to further drive value in your membership. Or maybe you even want to look at that content and think about how you can put together a non-dues revenue generating program based on it. Earlier in the episode, like I said, member generated content is really your your north star.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. You're going to be engaging members by listening to other members, <laughs> it's like pulling from what members are talking about and what they care about. That's the best way to uh, give them what they need. So uh, for our listeners, if you want some of the more specific tips of creating a member generated content program or kind of refining what you're doing, you'll just have to attend Sarah's session at ASAE. Um, Sarah, can you walk us through what learning objectives are going to be for that session?
1: Yeah, yeah. So again, we'll, we'll learn how to easily identify member generated content. And then from there, you know, you'll learn how to think critically about how member generated content can help you approach a topic or promote a specialty or fill a, mar- a market need. You'll learn how to recognize the various applications of member generated content and also further understand what kind of content maps to the goals that you're trying to accomplish. And then, you know, you'll be able to learn from some examples that I'll provide during the session to understand how your association can really focus on driving non-dues revenue with member-generated content you might already have.
0: That's awesome. Um, I know that I always really like uh, seeing examples of what other folks have done because it kind of sparks that creativity to think of the ways that you can do it at your own organization. So really excited to see all the things that folks can learn in that session. Can you remind folks when they can join you for ASAE and when your session is?
1: Yes. So my session is Tuesday, August 8th at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, and then we'll also Higher Logic will also have a booth in the exhibit hall will be booth number 341. And you can probably find me there as well during the exhibit hall hours.
0: Um, so folks, I'll put the link to ASAE's annual conference in the show notes so that you can find that easily. And I really hope that you will join Sarah for her session and learn more about member generated content. And I just want to offer my thanks to you, Sarah, for joining me today. Uh, I love talking about these types of topics with you. I feel like we kind of go down a rabbit hole and it's fun sharing this with listeners, kind of the rabbit holes that we already go down when we're working together. So thank you for coming on and letting me record us going down a rabbit hole. (laughs) Well, thanks so
1: much, Kelly. I hope to see everybody at ASA Annual in Atlanta next month.